You are now listening to the Lifelong Learning Defined Podcast with your host, George Valenzuela. This is education coach George Valenzuela. Welcome to the Lifelong Learning Defined Podcast, where I provide all educators, whether instructional leaders or teachers, tips on how to be their best both personally and professionally. Now let's get into it. A man who stands for nothing will fall for anything. And we are here today with my good friend, Dr. Sheldon Akins. What up, Sheldon? What's good? I love that you excel in three major areas of your life. Number one, you're an awesome parent. Thank Two, you. Two, you're a kick-ass entrepreneur like myself. Thank you. And, and number three, I always see you in the gym and you're always getting swole. <laughs> it gets swole. Yeah, I hit it. I hit it. Hey so, hey, so before we get into that and how you excel at such a high level at each of those three things, please introduce yourself. And after you do that, let the people know how you and I met. How do we know each other? Okay. All right. My name is Dr. Sheldon L. Akins. I'm host of the Leading Equity Podcast, founder of the Leading Equity Center. I also have another show nowadays. It's called The Art of Advocacy. But uh, I started off as a classroom teacher but almost 15 years ago and uh, taught history, primarily middle and high. Then I spent some time as a school principal and then some. T- then I got my PhD and ended up moving into higher ed for a little bit and uh, finished my career, I guess, as a working for the man, if you will, uh, finished my <laughs> career uh, as a special ed director. Now I work for myself doing the Leading Equity Center. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I've been following you for a while. Um, Hedrick Nichols actually introduced us. And it's yep. a funny story. Um, I learned something very valuable in, in meeting you. So she introduced us on Zoom with a bunch of other folks. Mm-hmm. And I reached out in your DM via Twitter and you didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, yo, this guy's not responding, but we just yeah. met. And so after like two, three weeks, I was hitting mm-hmm. you up. I was like, you know what, man? Yo, man, forget that dude. And then it turns out I, I found out that you were hacked. Yeah. And it was you. And then, so you tell the rest of the story. Yeah, that's, yeah. Cause I've, so I remember I got hacked. Uh, my Twitter, I had a bunch of followers too, man. I was mad. I, I probably had about 19, 20,000 followers <sighs> on my Twitter. And I got hacked over the summertime. And yeah, so like you and I had met when we were talking with Hedrick and, and her, her son and everything. And, and, and so I, I honestly was not getting your message. I don't, I don't ignore people's messages. So I just, I just wasn't getting anything. So, but we did meet in person uh, in March of actually last year in mm. Chicago at IdeaCon. I was with my friend Sosin. And we're like looking at the program, seeing what we're going to go to. And I'm like, I saw George's name. I saw your name on the the program. I was like, I got to go to see George. Uh, We had never met personally and, you know, physically and those things, but I knew you. And so I was like, let me go holler at George, see what he's talking about. Social emotional learning. And so we popped popped in. We popped in. And uh, yeah, that's the rest is history. Yeah. So like, honestly, like I know you know this, but the world may not know this. So before IdeaCon and TCEA, I had never met any of my contemporaries. Mm. I was not known on, until like 2021, 2020. And so when you walked in, I was so honored. I was so touched. I was like, man, like here's a dude that I thought was ignoring me. And it <laughs> turned out that you sat front row. And so that meant a lot to me. Um, I want to get into parenthood though first. Um, okay. I really want to make this a podcast that anyone that's watching 
will learn something that is relevant to his or her life. And it doesn't only have to be about education. And so like you, I was once a single father. So I'm married now, but I have a son and a daughter. And I think I spent around six years raising them in my own home on my own. And so I didn't have a framework. I didn't have a blueprint. I myself am from a broken home. I know you're not, and I'll let you explain in a moment. But I was reading a book by Eckhart Tolle. It's called The New Earth. And Eckhart basically said that your children come through you, but they don't belong to you. Mm. And you have a very short frame or time frame to parent them. And so he broke down what being a parent means. And being a parent, um, according to Eckhart, is you know what's best for your child. And here's the caveat, though. The older someone gets, the less and less that that becomes true. Mm. And so that parenthood eventually has to become a relationship or a friendship. And so what does parenthood mean to you, bro? You know, I, you're right. You know, we have different backgrounds as far as upbringing, you know, for me. Um, and I and I tell the stories from time to time. So my name is Sheldon L. Akins. The L stands for Lewis. Lewis is my dad's first name. And I've always like I have so much respect for my father that um, I actually wanted to be a junior. So I was like, man, I just got his first name as my middle name. But just watching him growing up, me, this man was an entrepreneur. Uh, I saw this man working. I honestly, um, I honestly did not think that, uh, you know, he slept. Like, it seemed like he was always awake every time. But he always made time for us. Like, any sports activities, field trips, he would just pop up randomly and mm. just have lunch with, with us. Um, you know, he just worked his butt off to, to put us through school and, and, and just someone that I really respect. So fast forward, I say, you know what, when I have kids, I want to name my son after me. And mm. so because I want him to have the same respect and look at his father the same way I look at my father. And so for me, being a parent, so my son's name is Sheldon Jr. Right? We call him SJ. But that's the reason why I named him that. Uh, my daughter, Layla, she's 12. My son is 10. And to me, being a father is it's just... Yeah, spending time and, and, and financial support and all those things, but the relationship and the rapport that you build with your kids. Uh, you know, I honestly, I thought my son, I wanted him to get into sports. I wanted him to, to you know, play basketball, football, baseball, something. But you know what? He's just not athletic. It's not his thing. And so I mm -hmm. had to find ways to connect with him. And so how I connected with him was through, you know, he likes Minecraft. He likes Roblox. So I'll play those with him. I'll watch him um, play or, you know, he watches YouTube YouTubers and I watch the same folks. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's how I connect with them. Uh, with my daughter, she's into anime. So I started watching anime. So I watch like a lot of the anime um, shows that she watches. So to me, yeah, financially, I'm going to take care of my kids. My kids are not going to like they can literally come up to me. Daddy, I need this for school. Or I need this for for whatever. I got you. We'll take care of that. No big deal. But I didn't want to just be there for financial support. I wanted to make sure that they saw me as a role model, as an individual to maybe aspire to. Uh, but a lot of the things that I do when it comes to grinding and, and being ambitious and working, when it comes to pursuing my education, when it comes to writing books, all these kind of things is because I want to be a positive example and role model to my own kids. Mm. Yeah. So I had one mentor and he told me one time, 
Don't ever do anything that you that you wouldn't want your kids to know you did, hmm. man. And that was like advice. That's <laughs> deep. And you know, back in the day, right? Yeah. Like, you know, as you're growing up and you're young, and you start realizing, and like my son actually told me one day, and he, he was a lot younger back then. Like now he's 17, but when he was like 11, 12, he was like, "Yeah, we know everything you do. We know everything about you. You think we don't, but we be googling you." We be looking at your phone. Like we definitely know a lot about you. So yeah. there was a time when my kids would basically do anything I told them to do mm. and they would do it happily. And that was like an elementary. But when they got into middle school, I started realizing that whenever I would say or do something that they don't agree with, I would start to get that no, never mind, you yeah. know, thing going. Yeah. And so that was pretty painful. And actually, that was my introduction into emotional intelligence. So I know a lot of people know me for um, SEL, like you're known for equity. But I can't say that I jumped into SEL because it was popping in schools. Mm. I actually jumped into it back in 2018 because of my two children. And I realized that my feedback to them was condescending, was just not really the way it should be. And then... There was one time that, like, you know, Maria, my, my wife, mm -hmm. when I got with her a second time, my daughter wasn't initially on board. And so I basically had to have a conversation with her and, you know, bring her back down to child. So what would you tell a struggling parent mm. that is having a lot of trouble right now, really connecting with their child? What would you tell them? So this is the advice I would give. And, and it's, it's, it's a, that's a very broad, we're going to, we're just going to, it depends on the situation, right? But Keep it simple, bro. Keep it simple. But <laughs> for, a general, for a general rule, my thing is this. I think as adults, sometimes we get into, there's things that we like, right? There's mm -hmm. things that we're into. There's things that we're, uh, you know, we'll follow or websites we go to or, or hobbies, whatever. There's things that we're into, but guess what? It may not be the same things that our children are into. And if you come in, at it with a mindset of, well, this is, I don't like to do it. Uh, oh, that's too kitty for me. Uh, that's, that's too young. Or, you know, oh, uh, how can you, why do y'all watch that? Why do you spend time? Why do you, if that's your mindset, you're never going to really be able to connect with your children. Mm. Um, I've seen it. I've seen parents um, that, you know, they do their own thing. This is what they're into. And they just will like whatever their kids do. It's just easier for them to be on their devices. It's easier for them to be in a room somewhere, and that's fine with them. That's that's their style. That's how they love their child. As mm -hmm. long as they got a roof, as long as they got food, whatever, they're good. But for me, if I want to really be close to my kids and I want to be able to create uh, opportunities and spaces for my kids to come to me and confide in me and let me know, hey, daddy, this is how I'm feeling. This is what happened at school. This is these are the, this is what I'm dealing with. You have to be able to connect. And the only way for me, in my experience, I only got two kids. I don't have a bunch of kids. <laughs> I've had to test this out. But for me, if I pay attention and ask my kids, what are they into? And authentically, authentically mm. engage in those experiences with them and let them teach me what they know. Um, and now they're the ones that are, are educating me as a parent, as an adult. That has really just 10 times. I, I can't, I mean, it's priceless. I, mm. You can't put a number on it. It's just, to me, that has been very helpful. So if you are struggling as a parent, again, 
It depends on the situation. But <laughs> as a general rule, I just say make sure that you really buy into what your kids are into and not the other way around. Expect your kids to buy into what you're into. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to really think about. And I keep realizing over and over again that relationships are the most important thing in life. At the end you know? of the day. Yeah, end of the day. And so like I tell my kids this, I'm like, listen, because I know my son is dating and stuff. And I'm like, listen, you want to be contemplating things. You're going to mm -hmm. be presented with certain situations and you're going to be contemplating whatever you're contemplating. Just holler at me first. Yeah. You know, talk to me first because I ask him who loves you more than me. Your mom and I, we love you the most. Right. So you have to come and speak to me. And I'm not going to judge you. And I will give you advice that I think is best for you in opposed to one of your peers giving you advice. And you know how that goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. absolutely. So that's, again, that to me is, is gold. If, if you could just bundle it up and just say, what is the one thing that that's to me, it's just buy into what your kids are into. And so that way you can have those opportunities to have your kids come and talk to you about relationships and what they got going on. You know, my kids are, are young enough. I, I, I dread the day when my little girl starts talking <laughs> about men and, and boys Woo! and dating and whatever. I, I, I dread that day, but it, it's going to come. It's, it's right right around the corner. They grow up so fast. No, it's coming. It's coming. So you got to brace yourself. <laughs> so, so look, I just want to transition now into entrepreneurship. So for folks that are watching the podcast and are, and are listening, um, when I do the interview um, portion, we are focusing on three things that the interviewee excels at. And it doesn't have to be about education. It, it's just life stuff. It's called the Lifelong Learning Defined Podcast for a reason. And so entrepreneurship. Um, I became an entrepreneur, I'd say, in 2017. That's when I opened up my own company. And I spent another five years before that learning how to be a consultant and I can honestly say, Sheldon, what you see online right now and you see me moving in all these different spaces, my confidence level for being an entrepreneur was not always like that. I remember watching other speakers and other consultants and being inspired and having a voice inside me saying, you've got to do that. But the other voice would be like, no, nah, man, you can't do that, man. Like, you're not built for that. Like, yeah. who... Who's going to hire you? Like, who's going to want to hear you speak? Things like that. And I realize now it was a lack of confidence. Mm. But out of necessity, I, I had to open a company. I started writing articles. And someone from Portsmouth Public Schools in Virginia reached out to me. And they were like, George, we just saw your article on Little Bits. Um, you know, STEM and computer science, and we want to hire you, but do you have a company? And I'm like, nah, I don't have a company. So he said, we can't go into business or into a contract with an individual. You need to be an entity. And so make a long story short, lifelong learning defined was born. Mm -hmm. So really quick, man, or not really quick, what's your entrepreneurship journey and what made you decide to open up the equity center? So I, I honestly did not want to be an entrepreneur. It was not in my, it was not a, a, a intentional thing. Uh, again, I, I grew up in a household. My dad was an entrepreneur. He was a sole provider and we had some really great years. Business was good, good, like popping. We, anything we want, go out to eat, 
private school or whatever, right? Everything. Jordan, Jordan, right? Jordan, Jordan. all that's anything you wanted. <laughs> really good years, right? But then there were some other years that it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't popping the same way. And so I mm. saw the up and downs and I saw the stress and I saw how, you know, it was always, you know, we're waiting on a check. Oh, we'll, you know, once, once we get that check, then we'll, we'll take care of this or we'll do that. I saw that. And so I went into education. Part of the reason why I went into education was because I, I said, I want to know exactly when my checks are coming in. I want my health insurance. I want my, my retirement. I want all my benefits. I want everything good to go. Very clear cut. This is what I, what it is. So I never, ever, ever thought I would become an entrepreneur, nor did I think I would end up in Idaho. Right. And so <laughs> shout out to Idaho. Shout out to Idaho. Okay. So I'm here in Idaho, right? It's near Black Yellowstone. Man. Say what? It's near Yellowstone. It's, it's, we got Yellowstone potatoes. Okay. And so I'm here in Idaho and, and I'm a black man. We got 0.8% African American in this entire state. And so as, as I'm navigating the waters, I'm just getting hit, pummeled. Just getting pummeled with mm. microaggressions, bias, discrimination, flat out racism. I'm just dealing with a bunch of stuff. Not only am I dealing with these things, but like I, my two kids dealing with stuff at school. Um, wow. Students that I'm working with, they're dealing with stuff, especially my students of color. They're coming to me and telling me stories. I did not know how to help them. I didn't know how to help mm. myself, let alone help my kids and, and folks I'm working with. So I said, OK, just got my doctorate. I did a qualitative study. I like to interview. So let me just start doing some research like I would normally do, find mm. various topics and uh, find, reach out to the researchers and, and uh, literally interview them and ask questions because the questions I was asking legit was asking for myself. How can I be better? How, how can I help? Mm. What should I say in these situations? What is this? I don't even know what this is. What is this called? Okay. And so that was a podcast. Um, about a year in, podcast and again side hustle this is just a little hobby i'm sharing it with folks you know I, people are listening it's starting to grow people are reaching out and then it was um a woman in anadarko oklahoma mm. a small uh primarily a very uh there was a large population of indigenous kids and she said well i heard you work on a reservation and could you come and speak to our school district and that was my first gig if you will from the podcast uh, small. I mean, it was so rural that I just assumed that I could just grab an Uber uh, once I got down there and picked me up from the airport, blah, blah, blah. I found out there was no Uber. Uh, there was one taxi cab in town and he was <laughs> off that day. And so I was bumming around trying to find someone to take me to the rental car. Like it was a whole thing. And that was the moment for me. I was like, OK, maybe I got on stage, did my thing, knocked out my keynote. And I was like, maybe this is something that I could do because, I mean, I, I made some pretty decent money. Um, for this one experience. And so the more and more I started podcasting, people start reaching out. Next thing I know, I have an online course. Next thing I know, I have online courses. Next thing I wow. know, I have online courses. I'm doing training. I got content. I got all these episodes. And it was still just a side hustle, George. All of this is still a side hustle. I'm doing this in addition to working full time on the reservation as a SPED director. And it got to the point where that side hustle became the main hustle and I'm working 40 and 40 and I had to choose. I said, okay, I could keep working at the school because I love the school. I love the students that I'm working with. The staff that I'm working with, is, they're awesome. However, I'm getting more and more people reaching out and asking me to do, do work with them. Um, and so I just made the decision about two years ago to, to walk away from the full-time gig and, and, and just go out there, make that, take the risk, if you will, and just go for it. So here we are, Leading Equity Center. 
I mean, first thing I want to say to you is congratulations, dude. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I get a lot of people saying to me, which I, I know you do too, George, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> but bro, listen, looking at your products and your podcast and the stuff you're doing with that, like, honestly, I want to be like you when I grow up. Appreciate <laughs> and, and, and so I've gotten to know you on, on a personal level. And in knowing you, I, I just realized more and more, like in my case, success is never an accident. Mm-hmm. It's never an accident. And, okay. and there's always a journey. And in hearing that, like, you know, just being stuck at the airport and, you know, things like that. Like I've had countless stories, you know, I'm driving in, in the snow on my very first service. The airport's an hour away from the actual place. But you get little nuggets along the way mm-hmm. where, you know, God or the universe is telling you this is for you. Like what happened to me, my very first service in 2014, and I was like an apprentice. I was learning how to be a consultant. It was in upstate New York where there was one school for the entire town. Picture that elementary, middle and high school in one school and everyone is white. Not one African-American, not one Latino or, or a Hispanic person. And it was snowing and I was at the airport. It was a mile, like it was an hour away. And I remember thinking, and I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm being sent there and they're being sent to me. Mm-hmm. So I have a job to do. And when I pulled up into the hotel, like it was an old historic hotel, and there was a gentleman behind the counter and he was all dressed up. And it was like one o'clock in the morning. And he said, Mr. Valenzuela, we've been waiting for you. Mm. And I was thinking to myself, like, how'd you know my name? And he was like, well, you're the last person that hasn't entered. <laughs> but, 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 but the way he said it, it just told me I was on the right path. So it takes a lot of courage though to do it. And I get a lot of people reaching out to me like they do to you and they're asking for advice, but very few people take the advice. So, so I do want to ask you Hmm. to a person that is contemplating starting or they already started, but they're not really where they want to be. What advice would you give them? You'll never be ready. One thing I learned is, um, you know, like you said, people reach out to me all the time. Can you help me how to how to do a podcast, or can you teach me online marketing? Can you teach me this? Can you? Te- I got you. Yeah, let's do it. All right, spend an hour with them. Any question they ask me, I'm open. I'll show them my stats. I'm showing my numbers. This is what I got. This is this platform. Blah blah blue. This is how I do my. I I I will open up everything and let them know this is what I got going on. All right. So when are you gonna start? Well, you know, I, I got a, uh, you know, summertime teacher. I got to wait to the summer or uh, I got to wait for this. I got to wait for that. And all, the advice that I always say at, right after that, after I spent my whole hour pouring my heart out to you and letting you know, I'm just being vulnerable. This is what I got going on. I always say, don't be two, three, four years from now saying, I wish I had started two, three, four mm-hmm. years. Ago. Yeah. Because if you don't hit record, I said, no one's going to listen to your stuff. I said, mm-hmm. when you first get started, your stats, you're going to be looking at them numbers and you're going to be wondering why you got four downloads for the month. So Oof. now but that's time for you to perfect your craft. Okay. We, we just, you know, blogging, 
People think, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start blogging, and and no one's gonna find your blog for it's gonna take time, algorithms, all these things. Even if you post it on social media, all these things, like it takes time. It took me about two years before anything really popped off for me. Now, so I do want to say this. So, like a lot of people ask you about podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. That's your lane, right? Yeah. Like you're a natural interviewer and by the way, this is my first interview like this face-to-face. And as soon as you jumped on, I said to myself, maybe Sheldon is not the first person I should have chosen. But then, yo, I got the confidence, so it's all good. But the way podcasting is your lane, writing mm -hmm. articles is my lane. Right. And for folks that are listening out there watching, it took me five years of writing articles and learning how to write blog posts yeah. before Edutopia featured me. Five years. It took five years. I can honestly say, and the reason why I tell this story honestly, and the reason why I chose to, I'm Dr. Akins and another guest is because I want people that are real on this show to say exactly what the struggle was. So someone watching will actually say, okay, I'm not the only one. All the self doubts and all the, well, I, I will get to it when yeah. it's all a lack of confidence. It's a lack of confidence and you only become confident. Um, like, how does my quote go? Um, practice builds competence and competence builds confidence. And for me, I can honestly say it's taken me a while to be confident, but now I have it. And if I can do it, if Sheldon can do it, so can you. Um, any last thought on, on that though? You know, I mean, I think you, I think you, you, you make some really good points. I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, you, you were five years. I was, I was at least two years before I even opened up a business. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, I started a podcast just for me to share the information out, but no one's going to listen to you. But sometimes we get stuck on stats, subscriberships, followers, all these different things. And, we, and don't realize it just, you got to just stay consistent. If you come out on Mondays, come out every Monday, if you come out <laughs> at six o'clock, Folks will, will be looking for it. I literally, if I miss, I've missed a couple Mondays for my podcast. I literally get emails. Sheldon, we were, I normally listen to you on my way to work. Where's your show at? And I'm like, oh, my bad. I, it's coming out too. I just got caught up. You know, I was sick or whatever. I didn't get it out. My bad. Right. But I get, people reach out to me and ask me, where's the show at? So get, con be consistent and start now. No one's yeah. going to listen to your stuff in the beginning. This gives you time to practice, gives you time to get, get your legs ready, get going. My very first episode, episode one of the podcast, I literally scripted that whole thing out, like word for word, word for word. There was no bullet points. It was legit. Everything I wanted to say, because I was that nervous. And I recorded multiple times, and then I edited it even better. And then I recorded again, and I mm -hmm. finally got the confidence and said, you know, F it. I'm just going to push this out, see what happens. And look at you now. No notes, no, no nothing. Oh yeah, we freestyle now. I can go hard nowadays. But <laughs> back then, back then, back then, I, yeah, it was word for word, everything scripted. All right, so I do want to focus on one more thing for entrepreneurs. So, what would you tell an entrepreneur or entrepreneur not to do in the space? And I and I will give you an example. So, one of the things that I did was, well, not me. Well, no, me. In the beginning, I didn't know how to interact with my contemporaries. Okay. So there's a guy out there, I'm not gonna say his name, and he probably doesn't even know why I unfriended him. But he friend requested my wife. 
And my wife, as you know, as you know, has a private account mm -hmm. and, and he friend requested her. She's not even an educator. And I noticed that he friend requested a lot of my personal friends. So I'm like, wait a minute. Right. So rather than having a conversation, and this is back in 2020, mm -hmm. right. Rather than having a conversation, I just unfriended this person. And I got a DM like two, three months later and yo, what's up with the massive unfollowing and da, 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 and all this and that. And so me, I'm a nice guy, right? I don't try to be a gangster online. So I'm like, hey, let's have a conversation. And the dude would not have a conversation. Mm. He was just angry, right? So I never even got to explain to him what my issue was. And now looking back two, three years, you know, it's really a small thing. But the one thing I've learned is don't alienate your contemporaries. Have conversations, you know, join a PLN and work with other people like how you and I do and other colleagues. And the other thing is don't come off like a know-it-all. Don't come off like you're God's gift to, to everyone under the sun because most people don't even care about this stuff, right? So those are like my takeaways. What would you tell an entrepreneur not to do? Don't watch other people mm. and and want the same things that other people have. Uh, and let me let me try to let me op unpack that just a little bit to explain what I mean. Because I believe in mentorships, I believe in brokerage, like having folks that are broker for you, some folks that are mentor for you, uh, mm. have all those things. And, and it's and it's good to aspire to certain things. But I, I, I was a victim early on. Oh, I see such and such always on stage. Oh, this person's doing this or this person do I need to be there. And and when I really shifted my mind and started like, you know what? You know what? That's their lane. That's right. that. You know, they have their audience. And right. I realized that people will follow you because they know, like and trust you. And that's the that's the audience that you want to create. You want to create your own fans. You want to create your own audience that you're again building up the no like and trust factor. Once you focus on you and not look at this person, that person, and see the stuff that they're doing. Oh, they're posting again. Oh, they're in such and such. Oh man, I want that kid. <laughs> like I don't do that no more. I used to. I used to. And that was hard to break because I see you. There's some people you just see all the time on social. You say, you know, I want to be at that level. It's okay to admire, <laughs> but when the jealousy starts to hit, when the envy starts to hit, that can detract distract you as an entrepreneur. Do you? People will follow you. Because they like you, because they trust you, and they feel like they know you. That's yeah. what I would give. Yeah, it's like Jay Z said, "What I eat, it doesn't make, make you ill. Yeah, 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 it doesn't make you use the yeah. bathroom." Yeah, so, so I can honestly say that is something that I've never suffered from. Um, I've never looked at the next man. I did, or, or woman, and feel like, "Yo, I want to be like them." Mm -hmm. Nah, man, like I want to be like George. And, mm -hmm. and, and honestly, I've never ever felt like, um, like I need to have fans or like, you know, followers and stuff like that. I just feel like, well, I want to give advice and I, and I want to give mentorship. And these are the avenues that yeah. we know how, you know, scholarly service, like, you know, writing, I'm speaking and, and in coaching. And I just realized that not everyone learns everything right away. You know, some folks like you, right? Folks like me, right? Like we've developed our heavy mental lifting capacity. So we can be in a space, we can absorb information and we can do it in our own way.
right? Mm -hmm. Like immediately. But not everyone has really developed that. And so I've realized that they need long-term coaching. They need a, a relationship that is data-driven and is sustainable. And so the reason why I'm all over the place is because I booked those long contracts and we get results. Even so much so that in my state, I stopped doing keynotes. I just bring my clients with me and we do a panel and we talk about our work and how we've improved academic achievement and engagement. And so I think that's important. Um, oh yeah, so speaking of that, if you wanna work in schools, you need to help schools improve instruction. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to take initiatives like SEL, equity, STEM, computer science, things like that, and weave that into instruction. And I mm -hmm. think that when I see a lot of people out there and I'm hearing a lot of inspiration, motivation, right? And these initiatives, but I'm not sure if schools are seeing how that is improving academic achievement. So that's an important thing. All right. So now I want to transition into fitness. Um, fitness is an important part of my life. And I know for a lot of people, it's on the to-do list. It's part of the lifestyle. And one of the things that I noticed immediately when you came into the gym with my son and I, yeah, you kind of swole, bro. Now, 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 look, look, look. I don't want it. Like, you were talking mad-ish oh. at, at the gym. <laughs> and, and you were talking reckless. And we had to show you I that you're the only person in town that understands how to work out. And you ended up respecting us. Yes, yes. But, much love. Much love. But what I was surprised about, holy shizzes, <laughs> two, three years ago, you were kind of fluffy. Did and you say my, you saw my before no, 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 and after? I'm getting to that. Like, I'm trying okay. to set you up, my dude. So, okay, okay, so, okay. so here's the thing. When you told me that you just started getting right, I was like, yo, there's no way that his muscles are built like that in two years. Like, it takes time to do that. Mm -hmm. But then you posted the reel. Oh, my goodness. Yo, bro. That is quite an achievement in only that two years. Deep. Yeah. That so- how did you do that? Like, what's your regiment like? Like, how does how does that happen? Well, going through, a, going through a, a breakup can can motivate anybody. <laughs> you know what? It's time to level up. So, you know, I, I always had, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, I'd let myself go once I had got married, and and you know, I, I was in and out of working oh, out. Oh, you were sloppy, bro. Yo, yeah, no disrespect, yeah. but you were sloppy yeah. in that picture. Dude, dude, my posture, <laughs> everything was bad, and so. um yeah. And so I remember looking at those videos um, and it's been on my phone. I just been kind of holding on. I got other videos like you were just like, dude, what the heck? And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I got divorced, you know, so once we separated, um, I just started hitting the gym, you know, just hitting it hard. And, you know, uh, in all fairness, it could be a little bit of genetics as well. Uh, my dad used to compete. My uncle used to compete as well in bodybuilding and stuff like that. So, you know, the structure is there. But yeah, I just hit the gym every day. Um, try to eat eat right, um, and I so and I don't just lift weights. So a lot of folks who who weightlifters, that's all they'll do. They'll just go in the gym, lift weights. Um, I'd like to do a lot of pushups. I like to do a lot of pull-ups. I like to do a lot of dips, and you know, so I intertwined the calisthenics and the weightlifting, and that has really been helpful for me. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, all right. So I remember this when you pulled up in VA Richmond. And I picked you up. I was like, are you hungry? You're like, nah, I'm not hungry. Nah, I don't want to eat. It's too late. 
and we got to the crib and you're like, yo, I'm hungry. I haven't had anyone at the crib eat that much grilled chicken breast. <laughs> so I was watching you and I was like, yo, that's a lot of food, B, right? You know, I'm thinking this. I didn't say it. Mm -hmm. What's your meal plan looking like though? Um, when I'm on when I'm on point, I usually eat about five meals a day. Um, so I, mm -hmm. I wake up, uh, I make a shake. It's just kind of like uh, you know, I make the shake. So it's usually like some greens, some spinach, some blueberries, oatmeal. Um, I use some egg whites. Uh, what else is in there? Uh, some uh, mini pepper. Mm. And, and something else I, it's a protein protein um one of those shakes or whatever i mix that up then i go to the gym do my thing once i'm done with the gym if i have my kids with me uh, i'll take them to school once i get done with school i'll eat another meal it's usually like a, a breakfast burrito or something small um lunchtime i'm eating so as a as a general rule i'm usually trying to eat sweet potatoes or brown rice um it's kind of uh, or regular potatoes. Those are kind of like the carbs that I get in. And then I try to eat clean as far as meat goes. So I'm eating chicken breasts. I'm eating um, steaks. I'm eating salmon. Those are kind of the, the proteins that I'm going for. And then I uh, try to eat some green, like some spinach or kale or um, asparagus. Uh, what else am I? Yeah, broccoli. So <laughs> the last three meals, those last three meals will, will probably consist of some some variation of that. Um, and I try not to eat past five o'clock, uh, in the daytime. And if, if I, if I'm on it, if I stick to that, yo, abs, arms, every chest, everything comes in nice. But when I, start falling <laughs> off, when I start falling off and, you know, I'm tired of eating the same thing every day. Um, then that's when I start to, I, my body starts to change a little bit. And I kind of notice a little, okay, you need to, you need to get back on it. Yeah. So for anyone watching, anyone listening, it's gotta be part of the lifestyle. Yeah. And it's a lifestyle that Sheldon and I are very dedicated to. Mm -hmm. Haircuts, gym, fresh clothes, right? It's, it's really important. So one more thing, right? Like one final thing. For the average person mm -hmm. who hasn't had any success in the gym, right? They, they've had no success. Mm -hmm. They don't know, even know where to start. What would you tell them? Starts simple. Um, People would say do cardio. I, I'm not a fan of cardio. I hate doing cardio. I'm not gonna lie. I'll play basketball, but besides that, I'm, I'm not gonna be on a treadmill for real. Right? I just hate <laughs> it. I hate it. It's just boring to me. Um, but I would say start small. Uh, I started off with a little beach body uh, joints, a little home home workout stuff. You know, watching little videos and try to do a little thing, try to keep up. I remember I had a chin up bar in the house, and I couldn't do one chin up, uh, one pull up, one chin. Up. I could do any of that, and I just. Just every day, just work your way up. Now, I mean, I eat pull-ups nowadays. I, I mean, it's nothing. But there was a time I could do one. Um, wow. And so just, just again, consistency. That's just how I live my life. That's how I'm successful in the way I am. Because I know a lot of people that have resolutions or they'll have all these goals. And they'll start, but they fall off. Yeah. And I, I don't fall off. Like, if I say I'm going to start a business, I'm going to start the business. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to grind. I'm not going to fall off. If I'm going to start hitting the weights, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to grind on these weights. I'm not going to fall off, but you have to be consistent. Yeah. And so the rule is that you have to be consistent, but you need to get a coach or a mentor who has already accomplished what you want to accomplish. Yeah. Right. And so that mentor or that coach is going to give you personalized training that works for you in opposed to a one size fits all that works for everyone. There's nothing that's one size fits all. 
Nothing, 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 nothing. All right, Sheldon. So it was really great talking to you. And I just want to recap. I began with three things that I love and admire and respect about you. You're a great parent. You're an amazing entrepreneur. And you're doing great things in the gym. What is the one thing that you want the audience to know about you that they don't necessarily see? Hmm. I'm a very quiet very private, introverted guy. People don't believe me because they see me online. <laughs> they see me doing this or they see me doing that. I'm like, look, legit, when I'm by myself, I love to be by myself. I'm totally fine being alone. I don't need all the like, people around me. Uh, I don't like going to big party. I don't like crowds. I like to be alone and be by myself. But people don't like that's That's probably the one thing that uh, folks don't know about me is is that I typically just like to be like, I'm very introverted. The podcasting has been helpful, right? Mm. Very helpful. Cause I can have one-on-one -on -one conversations all day. I love to listen. I love to talk to people and have these one-on-one -on -one conversations, but you bring in a second person, a third person in a conversation. You'd be like, is Sheldon still here? Like, <laughs> where'd he go? He looks like he's not enjoying himself. And I'm like, I'm totally fine. I'm just I'm just, I get quiet. Like I, yeah. I'm, I'm a one-on-one -on -one person. That's just my personality. Uh, the only other thing I would say is I used to be pretty afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of the dark anymore, but that was like within the last few years that I, I finally got over that. I was, I don't know. I just had this fear of, of the dark. Yeah. So, you know, Michael Myers, we, so, yeah. So I was traumatized with Michael Myers as a little kid. Like that was the first movie I saw at three years old. Yeah. And I can honestly say, like, I seen that dude <laughs> in my dreams, like, you know, yeah. getting from the car to the door. Front I used door? to be terrified. Yeah. I used yeah, to always terrified. have to have some sort of light or something before I went to sleep. I couldn't go do pitch black. So that's, why we, yeah. that's why we pack now. <laughs> so, yeah, right, yeah now I'm good. Now I wish somebody I would yeah. I'm good now. But yeah, I I, I I typically used to be pretty quiet, uh pretty scared of the dark. All right, bro. So look, let's put this into the universe. How can we how can people reach you so they can hire you and get you on the biggest stages? all around the world, not just in America. How can you be reached? Best way is leadingequitycenter.com. That's where all my information is. If you want to follow me on social, I'm at Sheldon Akins. That's E-A-K-I-N-S. Thank you. And that's it for Lifelong Learning Defined. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Lifelong Learning Defined podcast with George Valenzuela.